You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now. Check out what we have getting you ready here for championship weekend. The conference championships are here. We broke down on Matchup Thursday, yesterday's show, the Titans, Chiefs in detail. We uh, went down the line, both sides of the ball, looked at... uh, the way we thought the game might go, and also gave you how we would want to construct our DraftKings lineups based on that. So we'll do the same here with the NFC Championship game. This is the Packers at the 49ers. This is the nightcap on Sunday, 6.40 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox there. So we'll break down when the Packers have the ball, when the 49ers have the ball, and in the end, we'll look at the showdown slate guys that we want to get in looking at the pricing and values there as well as looking if you're playing uh, the entire slate there on Sunday how you want to do it for the two games so it should be fine and fun to do that so we'll uh, get you going and into the weekend here with uh, what you need to know from this game so let's dive right into it here let's start with uh, the Packers as the road team when they have the ball First off, we'll start with their injury-wise here. Nothing really of note here. Uh, Alan Lazard was dealing with an ankle injury here. Uh, Brian Balaga is going to come back from his illness this week. Uh, Geronimo Allison was also dealing with an illness, but he's going to be in there as well. So no concerns there with the offensive skill players around Aaron Rodgers. Last time we know what happened in this game. It was pretty brutal for Rodgers. Uh, Barely got over... 100 yards passing. It was just a struggle. They lost, They were trailing 23 nothing. It was just uh, pretty bad here overall. When you look at the result, uh, 37-8. to I mean, 104 and a TD. There are five sacks for Rodgers, only 20 of 33. They contained Devontae Adams. He did get in the end zone, so that's a good sign after his uh, career day for a playoff postseason performer for the Packers. Uh, had 7 for 43 and a touchdown on 12 targets in the first game. So he was the only guy that did anything in that game, 37 to 8. It was all there. Now, the biggest thing for Rodgers is finding someone else because you got Richard Sherman. They can move Devontae Adams. Richard Sherman typically does not travel. They did a good job of getting Devontae Adams open in that game. He used three tight end sets at times, moving the slot. They did the one play where they kind of did a little mini crossing route at the line where – You had Allison and Adams, and uh, he kind of slipped free as they were a little bit confused there, the Seahawks were. So they're going to scheme as much as they can to get Adams open. He's the guy that Rodgers trusts way ahead of everyone else. I mean, I would say the trickle-down goes to Jimmy Graham and then Lazard, and then it's uh, kind of uh, up in the air on who he wants to get involved in the pass game. Allison did have a key catch last time. Uh, Look at Allison from last game against the 49ers three catches for nine yards on four targets so it was uh, non-existent there Graham was only one catch for seven yards and two targets Lazard one catch seven yards and two targets so all these guys were disappeared disappearing MVS uh, 
strangely, also had that number one catch for seven yards. So really wasn't anyone else. And other than uh, Graham last week against the Seahawks, who had 49 yards receiving against his former team, including that key first down to put away the game, there wasn't too much there to see from that action for the Packers passing game against the 49ers. Now, this 49ers secondary is pretty deep. Uh, they had a big problem with Akilo Witherspoon last week. He allowed that 41-yard touchdown to Stephon Diggs, but then they pivoted more to playing Emmanuel Mosley outside. They have Kwan Williams there to work the slot. It's a smaller guy. that Maybe they can get Adams in slot to uh, get that matchup. Uh, but Mosley definitely uh, forced the hand of the 49ers last week when William when Witherspoon struggled. So you have Williams and Mosley in more key roles now. Witherspoon more in a lesser role when they go four deep, but maybe that's what the Packers need to do, mix things up, trust in their receivers, and kind of take the 49ers' best players out of the game. Keep in mind, they also have very good linebackers there in Quan Alexander and Dre Greenlaw, who are very active. Uh, Alexander didn't play in the first game. Jaquiski Tart at tight end didn't play in the first game, and uh, also D Ford. So big returnees here, and uh, they make all these other players better, including uh, Nick Bosa. Mosley's coming on. He's helped Sherman. And likewise, Greenlaw and uh, Alexander feed off each other here as well. So it's going to be tough to get anything in the middle of the field here for the Packers. Alexander is a big-time cover man and uh, disruptive. Greenlaw has been pretty good as well there for what the pack, for what they want to do. So you may not see a lot of uh, work here succeed. Uh, Jamal Williams did have seven catches for 35 yards in that first game on eight targets, but... That's where you might have to see this team. But with the linebacker improvements here, I think the Packers are better off uh, as Aaron Jones got banged up in that first game if they're just about throwing the ball this week because you can't run on the 49ers all that well. They don't have DJ Jones in their nose tackle, but I would say Aaron Jones gets bottled up pretty well in this game. They just ran actually better than he thought in the first matchup, giving it was a 29-point uh, victory. They just kind of uh, gave them the room to run. So you had... Uh, Jones really struggled, only 13 carries for 38 yards. Jamal Williams is slightly better, 11.45. It was helped by Lazard having a 21-yard burst. So they're going to get creative, use guys in different ways. I think they have to trust and let Rodgers rip in this spread attack a little bit more than we were used to. There, maybe use those three tight ends to create some mismatches as well and get the personnel things that you want. But it's hard when you have Tart and Alexander in there who are two very good cover men. So... I'd say by default, by volume, Lazard has to get going here. I mean, you did still have a solid uh, 38 dropbacks from Rodgers last time against the 49ers. So they're going to have to pass, pass, pass. I don't think it's going to be as microscopic for him. There's no way he averages 3.2 yards per attempt again. It's not happening. There's just not that much domination in the secondary. So, again, do I expect a big game from Rodgers? No, but I expect maybe a normal game like 215-2. If the 49ers uh, get a lead, especially, that's going to help uh, clear up some underneath things as well. And again, check downs with Jones and Williams, hit or miss here. Uh, I would say if you're going to go with anyone there, you trust Jones a little bit more, also because of the scoring potential. Williams was uh, not much of a factor against the Seahawks last week. So, so what it, yeah, so Rodgers, again, it doesn't get much lower than 104 and 1. So 215-2 seems like a reasonable ask here for Rodgers. It's the kind of game he had last week. And the Packers may not do much else, but you have that. Aaron Jones, again, can pop into the end zone at any time, but you're not trusting Williams here. 
You're going with Jones. He still got the heavy volume in the previous game. Williams actually ended up with 18 touches in that game, and Jones 13. Got a little bit banged up there, but I expect with Jones healthier and Williams not as healthy. I mean, he did play through it last week in return that uh, Jones is going to be more of the guy. But, again, he's been touchdown dependent. That's how he got his production against the Seahawks. So that's where you trust him a little bit more over Williams as well. And, again, Lazard is worth an extension. Dark throw, I don't expect a lot from Graham with Tart in there. So if anyone's going to produce after Adams quite a bit, I feel like it's Lazard. I mean, given that they did try to incorporate him as a rusher last time, and it uh, kind of gave them some decent results there. So, again, Packers passing game. Hopefully the game script will help them in the second half where the 49ers are playing back and have a big lead here. With the running game, again, you're a little touchdown-oriented there if they abandon the run here. and uh, They still were able to run 28 times in the previous game somehow, but again, the 49ers kind of gave it to them in the second half, and they were just uh, kind of running to uh, kind of shorten the game and get out of there. So keep that in mind as well. With this one, they're going to try to win even if they fall behind. Uh, they're going to let it all out here with the passing game because there's no tomorrow. They have to win to get to the Super Bowl. So you're going to lay a little bit more out than you do on November 24th in a game of this magnitude. And I think that means putting the ball in the hands of Rodgers as much as possible. So it's exciting. We're talking still about fantasy football. We've got uh, these two games of the conference championship weekend and then we have super bowl 54 can you believe conference championship week is here it seems like just yesterday was week one time's up for two of the teams that are playing this weekend but you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy football draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before every run throw and catch between the Chiefs and Titans and Packers and 49ers mean more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stand or the salary cap, and see our team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game like having a free shot of over $750,000 with your first deposit. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the rest of the playoffs. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code LOCKDOWN for limited time. Both new and existing users, remember that, can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. New users, make sure you enter the code LOCKDOWN during sign-up, and you'll also get a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKDOWN, and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Eligibility re- restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We'll be right back here to uh, break down when the 49ers have the ball against the Packers in the NFC Championship game. All right, uh, we talked in depth about uh, the Packers and what they might be doing here and uh, where the production might come from in this game in a tough matchup. Well, the 49ers, the good thing about talking about them is they have a much more favorable matchup. They're the ones who scored plenty of points in the first matchup, 37. Everyone kind of produced in some way there in that game. So, again, you feel good about them. Now let's look at their injuries. Uh, George Kittle is dealing with an ankle, but he's okay. Raheem Mostert had a calf injury this week, but they've been going full here. Tevin Coleman was dealing with an elbow, but Kittle, Mostert, and Coleman will be fully available here for this game. No limitations. And defensively, again, Quan Alexander, D. Ford are playing again for sure this week. So, overall, good spot. 
So it was definitely a very strong performance by the 49ers last week, but there were some things in that game that uh, didn't really add up as much as we wanted in fantasy football. Namely, it was uh, the quiet game from George Kittle. So that one was a tough one to swallow, but they were so in control of that game against the Vikings that um, it was just nuts that uh, they didn't have to throw too much to Kittle. We didn't expect them to maybe dominate as much, but that was definitely the case there last week. So so I, I expect George Kittle to be way more involved after what happened there against the Vikings. If you look at the numbers uh, there, I mean, they didn't really need him. That's the bottom line is when you rush for that many yards, uh, 186 and two touchdowns. Kittle, three for 16 on five targets. Debo Samuel had three for 42. Kendrick Bourne, his patented short touchdown as long as he had three for 40, but they only completed 11 passes from Jimmy Garoppolo. They ran 47 times. They're in complete control. So Coleman was the big surprise, uh, doing more damage than Mostert. They only threw to four players, didn't get the backs involved in the passing game. Oh, well, they didn't need to. I think with the Packers, keep in mind that their big weakness has been run defense all season long. The Seahawks were limited. I was impressed with the way the uh, Packers kind of slowed things down. They did get a break with the offensive line banged up and Marshawn Lynch and Travis Homer being the backs instead of Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. So all that played a role. But this week, I mean, the Packers are going to deal with uh, Mostert, who had 45 carries or 45 yards on six carries, only in a touchdown in the first meeting. Coleman was not as effective, but he had 11 carries for 39 and a TD there. They did involve Coleman a little bit more in the passing game with two for 10 and Mostert with one for 22. So Matt Breida, I don't expect Breida to have much of a role. He only had the eight carries last week uh, behind uh, 22 for Coleman and 12 for Mostert. So Breida is basically the breather for both guys, a little bit of a change of pace, but not someone that you can uh, consider in fantasy football this week. So again, Coleman is coming on strong here of late. Mostert is a guy that they don't like to overexpose. If you look at it when he's been most productive, he doesn't have too many touches. While Coleman is a guy that they could give a little bit more to, and we saw that last week with the volume there. He's used to a little bit more volume. When Mostert is more of a 12 to 15 touchback. So six in the first meeting against the Packers, 12 touches last week. Look at Coleman had 11 and doubled that to 22. So kind of interesting from the November 24th to how they were used uh, just this last week against the Vikings that more volume and doubled. Again, it, a little bit depending on game script there. When you look at the Packers, I think they could struggle against both these back. Mostert they've had a nightmare against. If you remember game, I think C.J. Beathard started in Lambeau Field. Mostert had to come off the bench and run, and his size, uh, kind of uh, power there, and uh, kind of burst that he has was effective. So I expect it to be pretty even between Coleman and Mostert and Breida just being a very limited change of pace for both guys. I mean, really, Mostert and Coleman kind of play off each other. Mostert and Coleman, what they have in common, they're big backs, and they can do some damage in the passing game. So the Packers are going to have their hands full. It's hard to trust Coleman all the way, but I feel like this game might be a little bit Mostert-friendly here, much like the Saints game and some of these bigger games were here. So I think it'll balance out. It's a committee approach. The Packers are going to be geared up to stop Coleman. I think Mostert's a little sneakier behind uh, this offensive line. And again, he's going to come with the cheap feelings here. And it seems like every time you try to buy into Coleman as leading the the 49ers backfield, it pivots back to Mostert and what he can do. And again, I expect the 49ers to incorporate their backs a little bit more in the passing game this week because that's how you can attack the Packers 
a linebacker. So good combined chances there for production for Coleman Mostert to keep up and carry over what they did against the Vikings. Now, in the passing game, everything seems to revolve around Debo, Samuel, and George Kittle. Let's look at the numbers for the first game. I mean, Kittle was literally uncoverable in the first matchup for the Packers. They've struggled against the tight end, even the Adrian Amos and uh, some players back there. Six for 129 and a touchdown on six targets. So he was literally unstoppable when they threw him the ball. Can compare that to last week, that three for five on 16. The Vikings are pretty good against the tight end. So the numbers against the tight end are one thing that you can trust. You have the history. He burned them downfield. They got him open really well. So... That's a big concern there. And Debo Samuel also was not coverable in the first matchup. He only had two targets, but 50 and a score there, including a 42-yarder. So big plays were the downfall. There were some big plays again with Tyler Lockett and uh, some players last week for the Seahawks, but the 49ers have more of those. So I expect it's going to be a lot more of Samuels and Kittle. Emmanuel Sanders is hard to trust. He got involved early in that game against the Vikings, but kind of disappeared. I only ended up with those... Two catches for 33 yards on his two targets. So, really, Samuels and Samuel and Kittle are the two guys that make this passing game tick. They're also versatile. They're quick and fast. Can work the middle of the field. Can break tackles. Uh, tough players as well, and uh, also can help in blocking situations. So that's why Kittle and Samuels are going to be out, Kittle and Samuel are going to be out there more. Now Kendrick Bourne has been operating as a third receiver. They like throwing him to the end zone. In the first matchup, he had uh, two targets for 27. Last week, he only had three catches, but he had five targets for 40. So Bourne could be involved again, especially in the red zone. He's a pretty good receiver there when they're in a goal-to-go situation. So Bourne might have a little bit more appeal than Sanders this week, given uh, you have Jair Alexander on the other side can kind of uh, combat the way that Sanders plays this week. But I expect Kittle to rebound big time. I expect Samuel to be more involved and Bourne being the biggest touchdown threat. We'll see if they bring in other wrinkles, but I think the biggest thing is involving their backs a little bit more in the passing game. Now, that all ties to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this offense is going to be rather balanced. Last week, Garoppolo only threw for 131 yards, had only 21 dropbacks. Again, those 47 rushing attempts, 186. So they were way on the side of the running game. Last week in the last meeting, however, it was 253-2, and two for Jimmy Garoppolo, still only uh, 23 dropbacks and uh, 112 on the ground on 22. So it was a lot more balanced. I expect that's what it's going to be against Packers because they're going to do some things uh, because they know their deficiency against the run and try to sell a little bit more, and that's going to open up the passing game. I like the way the 49ers were aggressive in the first meeting, playing off the run, misdirection, using Kyle Juszczyk, his blocking, and uh, Kittle in different ways, and Samuel as well. So... I expect them to be a little bit more aggressive. That Therefore, Garoppolo can be more productive. Garoppolo was a little off last week, but again, he was facing a much tougher overall defense in the front seven against the Vikings there. Uh, only 11 for 19. He was only a 74.7 rating. In the first matchup against the Packers, with similar volume, 145.8. So this is a team that's going to set up things for him in the passing game as they work to contain the running game, knowing... What the 49ers did last week and what they're capable of doing against a weak run defense this week. So Garoppolo again, I think the numbers can be very similar for Garoppolo and Rodgers in this game. Again, I feel Mostert might be a little bit more involved with Coleman with both being more involved in the passing game and Bourne again being a sneaky touchdown scorer for a second straight week against his defense that uh, we know 
can give up some things in the middle of the field overall. So there you have it. Now breakdown again in this game, the 49ers are seven and a half point favorites. It's a 46 and a half over under. So I'm guessing this game uh, could easily go over in this one this time as the Packers do a little bit more. I think the 49ers could also do a little bit more. I like the 49ers to uh, cover that seven and a half and win the game advanced to Super Bowl 54 against who I picked in the AFC, which was the Chiefs and in their game against the Titans. So we'll be right back in a moment to look at the DraftKings uh, construction here with all the knowledge we have for Showdown and the Classic, uh, looking at both games. But first I've got to tell you, make sure you check out all the great shows on the Locked On Network, whether it's NFL you like, uh, in-season, off-season, we've got you covered there. Heading up to the NFL free agency in the draft after Super Bowl 54 is over. NBA and NHL in full swing. MLB right around the corner. Big, big news and uh, things coming around in spring training as well as college sports. So any aspect of any sport you like to listen to and get insight on, the Lockdown Network is your place to be here in season, off season, every week here for in-depth, quick-hitting analysis for you. We'll be right back here to close the show with our DraftKings uh, look at uh, lineup construction for Championship Weekend. All right, let's continue here and... uh, Let's look at how we want to build a DraftKings lineup for this game in particular. Then we'll close it up uh, looking at the showdown. So we'll make sure that we get to both here. So, again, this game, as we mentioned, uh, if I said Garoppolo and Rogers earlier that had the same kind of uh, value here, then that would be telling us that we want to look at what we can do with their thing here with their values in DraftKings. So let's go over here as we go to this Packers 49ers game. So right now we have Rodgers at 15,000 if you make him the captain. Garoppolo is at 12,300 if you make him the captain. So let's start with Garoppolo as our captain and see what happens there at 1.5 there with salary and the 1.5 in points. So Garoppolo kind of ties everything together. Then we obviously want to connect him with George Kittle. We mentioned how we like maybe Mostert being a little bit more involved in the passing game and maybe being the better value. He is I'm sorry, $2,400 cheaper than Tevin Coleman. So when you go to that, you go with Mostert. If you're attaching more to it, you can go with another touchdown from Kendrick Bourne. That leaves you with 15900 So there's two ways you can go with this. You can get Rodgers in your lineup. And then you can uh, see what else can fit. And you can probably fit Alan Lazard. So when you look at that, that leaves us only $300. We have two big parts of the passing game for the Packers, Rodgers and Lazard. We've got Garoppolo tied with Kittle, Mostert, Bourne. Now the other way you can do this is if you want to get Debo Samuel in there and totally make this uh, 49er stack. We put in Debo Samuel. What do you have left there? Not too much. You have to go with the 49ers defense there to play, and you'd leave quite a bit of money on the table. But we take Bourne out of the lineup. You can maybe then put Coleman as well in there, so you could really make it a full 49er stack there if you're looking at it. But again, I think I like going the route of going with Mostert, get that value. I think he can be just as productive. 
there as Coleman this week. We know if you invest too much in Coleman, right when you see it, it's too much. So, again, I like getting both quarterbacks in. I think they can both be effective. Again, Bourne with a chance for a touchdown, and he's cheaper than Sanders by $800. I'm going there. The other way you could go is also put in the 49ers D in the flex and hope for some big games. There, they did have five sacks in the first meeting. Uh, the one bad thing about the 49ers is the Rodgers doesn't have too many turnovers. So that's how I'm kind of looking at it to uh, maximize. I feel better about a born touchdown than a 49ers uh, good defensive performance in this game in terms of racking up the key big play. So both quarterbacks, Garoppolo Rodgers, Kittle and Lazard and Bourne in the passing game and Mostert out of the backfield is the way that I would think about constructing my lineup for this particular game. Now, let's go in to now our classic mode here for the two-game slate there on Sunday. So we can uh, incorporate what we learned from the first game. So I think you look at Mahomes, Rodgers, Tannehill, and Garoppolo. I think right now, let's stick with Mahomes as our quarterback. It's 7700 You're going to pay a premium here, but he's the guy we trust the most. He's got the best matchup. He's the guy that's typically the biggest scorer. Look at it, he's going to get the 3K right away, but it's a little bit more of a grind for Garoppolo and Rodgers to get there at the 3K. So let's go with Mahomes as our quarterback. Now we go to running back. Now there's three semi-high volume backs, but keep in mind Jones could have Jamal Williams there. Coleman and Mostert, so we want to try to get him run. So let's just presume, like we did with our showdown lineup, that we want to get Mahomes and Henry into this lineup. So let's start there. Now, a tight end, it's hard to go away from Kelsey or Kittle if you want this production there. So I'm feeling Kittle. So those are your three superstars kind of that you want in there this week as much as possible if you're building lineups and then go from there. Now, so now we need to kind of fill out with some bargains here around Mahomes, Henry, and Kittle. So we started here looking at the value of defense. You have the Chiefs at 3100 49ers at 2900 If you had to go there, I think I'm going to pay up for the Chiefs. So we're paying up quite a bit for all these entities here, but that's going to make us be a little bit more creative with the way we go with the rest of our options here. So now you look at running back. I think you have to go to Mostert to fill out the next one. At 4,300, a little bit over Jamal Williams. So you have that. Now, now you have to get a little creative at wide receiver. I think a good little uh, pivot play might be A.J. Brown because he's been quiet. Everyone's going to be off him. But Chief Secretary is pretty good as well. But I think the first guy I'm looking at here, if I can't afford Adams or Hill with my core players, is Debo Samuel. So you can look Debo Samuel there. Now, Adams and Hill are enticing. I think if you're going to go with one, I'd say go with Hill. So go with Hill. We have now 38.50 for our wide receiver and flex. So we got to get a little creative. So right away we can save a little bit of bucks by finding a receiver that could do some damage here. So let's uh, go as deep as we can here for receiver or running back. We can do something. Again, we're going to keep track of Adam Humphreys playing this week. So if he can go... We're going to just try to take that free space and see what he can do out of the slot here for the Titans this week. He's just too cheap there overall when you look at uh, everyone else, 3000 But right now, I think instead of that, I think we're going to go for the big play receivers that could do some damage in this game. So I like Mikko Hardman, 
to maybe have a long play. He did burn them the first time, so 3,800 goes Mikkel Hardman. Khalif Raymond has been doing a lot of damage, so when you look at who's left here, at your flex, I mean, that's what you have to weigh here. You can go Jamal Williams and hope like he gets involved, but again, Khalif Raymond has a lot of appeal. You can also put Jimmy Graham or Geronimo Allison in there, but Raymond, we know at least is making big plays. The other way you could go at the same price is Jonu Smith at 3,400, so I think I would go lean towards a little bit Jonas Smith because he's another tight end that should be involved. He did score last week. Raymond was a little bit hit or miss, and the targets could change if Humphreys was in there. So I think I'm leaning a little bit towards Jonas Smith. So you have two tight ends in there. Smith is your flex. Kittle's your starter. This way you get Mahomes, Henry, Kittle, and Hill in your lineup and Samuel. So I want those players in my lineup. These are all the primary people and everyone basically we have in this lineup that we want except for uh, Travis Kelsey in the premier playmaking department of these teams. So if we get Samuel Kittle, Henry Mahomes, man, we'll take that. And getting Hill in there. Hardman definitely has a great chance to make a move play. Smith has a great chance for a touchdown. Chiefs playing at home in Arrowhead can get some turnovers and sacks of Ryan Tannehill if they're ahead in the second half. So that leaves us with only $500. So good way of looking at this lineup and, uh, we're pleased with that. I think we'd roll with that for sure. It gives us some upside, explosive upside with Hill and Mahomes. It gives us some steadiness with Kittle and Henry. And it gives us a little bit of both there with Samuel and Mostert as well. And the Chiefs D. So we like it. I think it could work well in cash or tournaments. I would lean more in cash anyway to play in the slate. It's a little bit harder to take down tournaments. A lot more people playing with uh, limited game action left on the slate in this uh, one and only main slate that you have for Sunday. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of the Packers and 49ers. Again, you can listen to the full breakdown of the Chiefs and Titans there in our previous game matchup Thursday. And uh, and then we closed it all up by looking at uh, the way you want to exploit on DraftKings. Both showdown slates, captain mode for both games, as well as the main slate for Sunday. So pretty comprehensive for you. That's what we do here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a roundup show looking at uh, the takeaways from Conference Championship Weekend.